So we're going to be talking about China opening up, uh, what that means for supply chains. Of course, we have to talk about crypto again with the FTX blow up causing more pain. And we're going to be talking about uh, oil energy supply chains and what all that means and a bit of market talk as we do. Well, hello again, everybody. It's uh, myself, Tim Muirhead from Arbidine Capital and Michael Berman from FXT, <laughs> not to be confused with FTX, for another week. It is Thursday, the 24th of November. How are you this week, Michael? Yeah, I'm pretty good. Um, been, been busy at building the business, but, yeah. um, <laughs> but absolutely look, looking forward to talking about the markets. I haven't had a chance to chew the fat with someone about the market <laughs> so looking forward to hearing your views yeah all right well i tell you what it i was uh, we we're talking this morning in our morning meeting just saying that look there's a lot going on and there's nothing going on yeah. so when we talk about a lot going on obviously this crypto blow up and the ramifications they just keep happening more exchanges seem to be going under uh just the, the space has been i guess rocked by uh, confidence and uh well, we'll see what comes out of it from the ashes. So uh, really interesting. Uh, on the markets, though, look, it's, when I say not not much going on, things have been going really sideways uh, for, for basically a week now. We did get the FOMC minutes out this morning, a slight dovish tilt. Uh, they were sort of talking about, you know, the pace of rate rises easing into the future. I guess the market's now looking at a 50 basis points in December and maybe 25 in the in the new year and that might be it for it so um look, the stocks actually did rally a little bit the today or well, overnight i should say um but before that look we went sideways for a week we've seen the uh, volatility index the vix come right off sort of getting down into the low 20s now um it's it's uh thanksgiving in the u.s tonight so um happy thanksgiving to all our u.s viewers <laughs> yeah. Um, we'll be uh, thinking about all the turkey you're eating. Yeah. That's it. Um, and and look, I guess it's a little bit, I guess, we've been talking that from the same hymn sheet, the um, US dollar has been the key driver um, as the rates starting to ease off in the US. We've seen the US dollar weaken. That's been sort of good for uh, commodities and equities. And it looks like I think we can maybe safely say we've seen a, a medium term top in the US dollar now, certainly looking that way. I think uh, bonds, we might see certainly the long ends, uh, me, the medium, middle and the long ends start to rally. And uh, look, we're going into the sort of, I guess, quieter period, December holidays and the Santa rally. And look, just the positioning and the sentiment has been so negative. I wouldn't be surprised if we do get sort of a a, a bit of a rally on just literally climbing the wall of worry and uh, a lot of these options expire and forcing the dealers to uh, you know buy back these hedges and it seems to push it up so look overall reasonably positive the uh, you know the crypto spill out certainly not affecting sentiment at the moment in the equities uh, there has been a bit of a sort of rotation out of the um, the NASDAQ into sort of the more blue chip names, the uh, Dow Jones certainly outperforming NASDAQ at the moment. But uh, overall, fairly calm and uh, look, it's been pretty uh, pretty slow, but sometimes, you know, uh, that's the way things are with markets. Well, you know, maybe, as I said, I've been, this week's been one of those crazy weeks with, I know I've got, the 24th was a major deadline for myself. So I've been working towards that, but I, 
uh, I will flip as I usually do my um, FXT Navigator and hopefully will shed some light on how things have been progressing for the month. So as I always do, I click on the month um, month to date and have a look. And when I see this, it's quite staggering, actually, to be honest. As quiet as the month has been, um, oopsie, um, there's been quite a lot happening at, at the extreme. So I see the Hong Kong, the Hang Seng Index has rallied almost 20% for the month. That's pretty staggering. Silver up here, uh, up 12% for the month. Gold up 7%, where's that? 7%, which is pretty interesting. Uh, also looking at the Euro USD. I mean, these are big moves for a month. So I guess like in the currency complex and and um, certain places have been performing very interestingly. On on the stuff that's, let me just bring it to the top. If, if we look at what's been getting smashed, well, no, no surprise there. Bitcoin and Ethereum lead the pack um, down heavily this month. But what we, I know we got it as a question to talk about a little later, which we'll talk about, is the energy story and, you know, is the market going up or down? And you can just see how um, things have come off. I mean, I'll just pull up a quick chart of Brent for, for those who haven't seen it anytime soon. Gee whiz. I haven't looked at this for some time. Uh, interesting, interesting to see uh, uh, where we're going. I think this level we're at right now um, is actually pretty important. Anyway, we'll we'll talk a bit about this in a short while. Yeah, well, interesting. We'll, I guess we get on to uh, just the China reopening question and uh, what does it mean for supply chains and the effect on inflation. So. Look, we've definitely, you know, we've seen the, the bounce in, you know, Hang Seng and obviously the China CSI 300. Uh, it looked like it was sort of reopening quickly and now we're hearing stories that it's not and the market's not really sure. And look, if you look at some of the commodities, we had some uh, really strong moves out of oil and copper, uh, which suggested, you know, it was back in full swing and then they've come off now. So... I guess there's a couple of dynamics at play, though. One, oil's obviously looking at the global inf um recession picture next year you know these rate hikes going around certainly starting to slow down things you know lots of job losses happening in the us and around you know in australia us canada home prices you know the mortgage rates have been going up that's starting to affect spending spending slows down i mean this you know people just use more oil uh, and what's I guess what's interesting, Michael, is that um, look they've been drawing on the uh, you know the SVR that's their strategic petroleum reserve, and and likely to stop the end of the month. And people thought that might be bullish, but look, markets are forward looking, and uh, certainly even with that known information, I thought oil might have been stronger. So, but as you say, look the uh, the OPEC have sort of made noises that they'll. Uh, be uh, supporting a, a floor around the $80 mark. So we'll see what happens around here. But uh, certainly, I guess the, the best way I could describe it is the market sort of muddling through, you know. So, uh, yeah. But, um, yeah, ju just talking about China opening up and, and, I mean, we're getting lots of news out at the moment that, what do they call it, Fox, uh, iPhone City, basically where they manufacture all the Apple phones. They've, there's been a bit of an outbreak. They, they've kind of had their own little cloistered village where they 
seal themselves off from the rest of the world and and it seems like COVID has penetrated there. But, you know, I just want to dial this back and, and address this question in a little bit more deeper way. Um, you know, we were talking about delays and how people just don't follow that there's a lag effect. So it's as clear as, as mud to me what what's what's going to happen here is that China now is going to... Fully, there, there's too much COVID in the system. There, I know we've passed their April highs. There's 29,000, call it 30,000 cases in the, out and, and about. China's in a massive, massive economy and uh, uh, population. And w- what's going to happen, in my opinion, is that the, the, the virus is going to spread and it is going to exacerbate supply constraints. We, we, we saw it in our own economies, in our own countries, where people were off work for pro- prolonged periods because they had COVID. And, and it has this knock-on effect and, and so on and so forth. And you, you, you've seen a country that is new to opening up, and they're bungling this with all the same bureaucracy that other countries had as well. Like, do we open? Do we? Do we not? Do we open schools? Don't we? Uh, like, what what do we do? And I can see it happening yeah, in slow motion in in China, and it's gonna it's gonna have an effect. So supply chains are gonna be under strain. We're already having to deal with the fact that inflation is a lot more um, persistent than people thought it was. So probably central banks are going to be forced to continue to raise hikes for a period of time to a point where it's actually coming down. So, um, you know, so what I see happening, uh, and I might as well just talk about this for a second as well while we're on the subject, is that the U.S. didn't go into a technical recession with the last quarter. They they produced a, a, a very modest growth in in the third quarter, which surprised some. Um, one of the reasons I've, I'm told is that you, you mentioned it in a few seconds ago when they drew down on their um, their oil reserves. So if you look at export numbers, in which is one of the factors that is counted as part of GDP, um, so they exported a lot of oil. So they got rid of their reserves and they did it at a very high dollar price. So it was really good for, for the books. Um, but even... Powell and and his cohort are, are expecting negative growth next in the next two quarters. They talk. They're saying it's likely that the U.S. goes into a recession. So, um, I guess what I what I'm saying, and this is, leads to my earlier point, is that things are there's lags, and how you play this in the market, I'm not exactly sure because because it's lagged, it takes a while to filter through, and. And yeah, um, you, you can position yourself for a longer term play, or you can play the swings that people are going to, you know, I guess, disc, as you said, the markets are forward looking, so they're going to discount. Is, it, is inflation going to peak here or is it going to peak higher? Does that mean higher interest rates? One thing we know for sure, and this is the slow, this is the slow motion car crash. As interest rates go up, it hurts. It hurts everyone. It hurts businesses, it hurts governments. Who have to fund their budget deficits and their borrowings, and it hurts the consumer, the man in the street. So, 
Um, yeah, position yourself accordingly. We're giving you advance warning. Doesn't mean everything's going down. It just means you you can see what's coming, who the beneficiaries are going to be. You need to do your homework. Yeah, that's right, Michael. Yeah, good answer. Um, I guess we get on to uh, the just on to the crypto blow up now. Since that's uh, I, I know a lot of our uh, listeners or viewers are into the crypto space. So uh, FTX, yes, looks going under. We're seeing other exchanges close down. Um, Look, how, how would you summarize? It's really putting the boot into confidence into this sector. I'd say, like, right now, I haven't seen uh, as much pessimist, pessimism in the crypto space, you know, for as long as I can remember. But, I mean, I guess what I should remind people is, look, you know, there is a difference between the exchanges and the actual, you know, tokens, Bitcoin. I mean, it'll be here to stay, I think, uh, you know, going forward. Uh, maybe a couple of the other ones, you know, Ethereum's number two, that'll be around. Solana number three, that's uh, look getting hurt by the FTX uh, liquidations. But, uh, you know, I mean, what we do look at is, uh, you know, the number of people still in, in the space, there's still plenty of development going on. And I do sort of liken it to the dot-com bus, which we went through, you know, out of that, there was, you know, thousands of, of uh, internet companies uh, we saw Amazon, look, that was down 95% from the peak to the lows. And, you know, it, it it survived. And I guess this is the kind of shakeouts in the space that we're seeing. And, look, you know, um, if you if you like this kind of stuff, you've got to be prepared for these pullbacks. Every four years, we tend to get an 80% drawdown in Bitcoin. It's very close now. So, uh, look, historically, potentially, we're seeing a low. And I just think, well... Uh, if you just go off sentiment, it doesn't get much worse than this. And if your views that it's, it's gonna it's gonna stay around, well, maybe this is the time to be, uh, I guess, uh, picking it up. But you've certainly got to know that, uh, like these things, you know, that they, they are a lot more volatile. I guess that's a lot more risk. There's no certainly that there's no earnings in Bitcoin, so it could potentially go to zero. Governments can ban it. I mean, look, you've just got to know what you're trading. But uh, yeah, it's. Uh, Pretty interesting. I think the one that I'm looking out uh, for is, which we mentioned last week, is uh, this whole tether, Michael. Yes. I, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Uh, as we said, they've had uh, you know six auditors in five years, so something definitely smells fishy. And look, how long that takes to come out, who knows? I mean, you know, be, between the last one, the lunar blow up and FTX, it looked like FTX now went was insolvent after the lunar blow up. That took yeah. six months. Does it take another six months before the next, you know, thing blows up? Who knows? But uh, certainly interesting to watch from the sidelines. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's interesting. I've actually just come from a meeting with a new startup that is in the custodian space. And, I mean, it's quite opportune for them. They've got a very interesting technology and, and decentralized custodianship with government regulation and all this kind of fancy terminology but obviously they're playing on the fact that people are now more interested in knowing that their stuff is secure so yeah uh, this is a huge huge blow in confidence I, I cannot tell you how many people i'm speaking to and fielding questions regarding the safety of money on an exchange it, it, it's it's really um uh, interesting. The, the bl I'm firstly quite quite shocked by the. Well, look, it, it is it is a big deal. A thirty two dollar 
$32 billion bankruptcy is big. So, well, that was the, the value of the company at its peak market cap. But it's dominating the Wall Street Journal, Bloomberg, Twitter sphere, um, even AFR, the Australian Financial Review. I mean, all the, the stuff that I read, it's like centerpiece. It's, it's, it's quite staggering. So it tells you, even though it only, I mean, it got to quite big, a $3 trillion industry is, is, is pretty big, but it was the speed that it grew at. And, and, I, you know, I just gave myself, uh, coming into work today, I just was thinking about it, trying to like distance myself from all the hype and, and all the rest of it. And I was thinking about it, that it was all too good last year. And it was just, you know, you mentioned Solana, you mentioned Ethereum, everything, all these tokens were on a rocket to the moon. And it's not surprising when you hear the bankruptcy filing, how these these guys had no clue what they were doing to operationally. It was it was money being thrown at them, literally. Um, it was mania. It will go. It will go down as mania, like just like the tulip mania. Guys will write about it, and we lived through it. We we were trading. We part of it, and and it just shows you when you're in it. You, you, you some of us. I think you were you. You've been trading as of I a long time. You think, oh, gee, this 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 seems too easy when you're talking to these guys who've given up traditional trading and gone onto the crypto exchanges because they say, well, we just buy and we make 10 times or whatever it is. So it felt too good to be true and turned out to it was too good to be true. doesn't mean the industry is dead and the technology is gone. I mean, as I said, I just came out of a meeting with these guys trying to sell us their fancy blockchain technology. And you can see that there are use cases for custodianship and all this kind of fancy stuff so there's there's definitely a room for it down the track i think we've taken a significant step back and i just end on this one comment um it staggers me this guy sam bankman fried needs to i think he needs to be locked up number one i don't know if it's in a mental institution or if it's, if it's in a prison but, but he actually tweeted again today i don't know if you saw it that he said you can catch me live He's talking to Andrew Ross Sorkin, um, who I think said playwright who did billions, you know, the the and he's written a few books. Um, he's talking next week. Does he clearly does not listen to his lawyers, does not listen to his parents, and um, he does not listen to a sensible side of himself because he should be keeping his mouth shut. This guy is just producing more and more evidence that's gonna occupy courtrooms for a long time. Yeah, and look, I mean, I, I don't mean to quote a little bit like, uh, you know, um, a couple of years ago we had um, Trevor Milton uh, with yes. his, his car company and, look, that thing went up like a rocket ship and, you know, it felt too good to be true and it was and now he's, uh, I think he's now been sentenced to, to prison. And um, yes, yes. another point I was going to make on the, on the blockchain as the ASX managed to... Uh, blow up $250 million, uh, you know, with their blockchain project to convert all their, you know, uh, their, their ASX settlement onto it and manage, I don't know how a company manages to do that, spending it on software and they've, they've walked away for it. And I'm sure part of the uh, reason they've walked away is just, you know, the confidence in the whole blockchain. It seemed like, you know, the blockchain was the holy grail if you, you know, 
can, I mean, can, on, on that one with the ASX, just an anecdote. Um, Blith Masters, who was, she was the head of the company, Digital Asset, whatever they call themselves, that did the deal with the ASX. So I went to her, her when she did the deal, I went to some press conference and where she spoke. Oh my gosh, like she was, her, she was walking on water. You have no idea. Like, and then, I mean, her system simply didn't work. It was a disaster. Uh, it's just unbelievable how people buy into this. It becomes like a religion and uh, cult-like. Anyway, um, yeah, I just actually looked her up today. I wanted to see what she's up to because <laughs> she's the cause of the ASX going back many, many years. Um, yeah, and lots yeah. of money. Oh, yeah, crazy. And I, I look, I think I agree with you with, uh, you know, if uh, I mean, part of the problem with these, um, these, you know, these crypto exchanges going bust is look, they're ahead of the regulation. And so a lot of the scams and a lot of the, I guess, problems that are happening used to ha happen in the, you know, in, in stock land, I should say. Mm -hmm. And now, you know, regulations ensure that, uh, you know, these things don't happening. And look, crypto is just moving too fast for the regulation. I think that's the problem. But look, it looks like mm -hmm. clear fraud. I mean, you know, yeah. the, the amount of money that these lost and, and, and the fact that, uh, you know, tokens have been stolen <laughs> yeah. in the last few days. I mean, it just feels like, you know, so much wrong has been going on. So, look, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Anyway, I guess we'll uh, uh, move on. Uh, we've got a question. Um, what's with energy prices and are they going higher or lower? Uh, well, look, you know, I guess we did talk about it briefly, but, um, you know, obviously energy is... Uh, uh, a big part of it is, you know, how much people use, how much, uh, you know, supply and demand, um, the, the energy market. Look, oil in particular is quite complicated. There's a lot of players, you know, you've got OPEC and you've got the, the US, you know, trying to exert control on them. You've got this movement to uh, renewable energy now. And, uh, uh, look, it's, I guess... You know, trying to predict it is basically trying to say, well, what's you know, what's the the world economy going to look like in six to you know twelve months' time? So, um, look, I, I guess probably what I might borrow a phrase that um, we mentioned earlier. I think we're you know trying to muddle through now. So uh, mm -hmm. um, now there's a couple of things that have happened this week in the in the energy market. Is is like one, we know the world needs to transition away from fossil fuels. You know, if you're believe in climate change or, or not i guess it doesn't really matter there's you know there's a finite amount of fossil fuels they took hundreds of billions of years to produce you know we've got to get off them um but one of the problems is that um trying to get companies to invest in in oil production now is quite difficult because in one hand you've got the you know the regulators saying we really are going to shut you down you know as soon as we work out our plan to get off fossil fuels you're out of here you know and so they're, they're sort of faced with this question about, you know, spending, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars, sometimes billions to develop a field, which, and the payback might be over, you know, 20 or 30 years. And now they're realising, well, that payback might only sort of be 10 years because they're going to shut us down. And then in the UK, we saw the fascinating situation where uh, the government's just come out and said, we're going to put a super profits tax on the oil producers in the uh, uh, in the what's the the North Sea there from raising it from 25 to 35. So at a time when there's so much like you know uncertainty with energy, I mean like what's happening in Europe has been terrible. Um, 
prices have been you know going through the roof now now that they're coming off and, and at the same time we're hitting hitting the suppliers with uh, these super profit tax just adds more uncertainty so look it's it's challenging in the short term you know prices are down but i think just the way the policy is that makers are are going they're they're really not sending signals to the producers that hey look you know you've you're going to get a return on your invest investment. I think there's there's going to be under you know under investment in oil. It's going to take a lot of fossil fuels to transition to you know green energy, a green in uh, sorry a green economy. We've got to dig a lot of copper, a lot of you know lithium. Um, it takes a lot of energy, and right now you know the, our, um, our our main source is obviously fossil fuels. So look, if you look, you take that sort of twenty year horizon or thirty year horizon. Uh, we're going to need a lot of this uh, fossil fuel, and I certainly think the price is probably going to stay high. That's that's my feel at the moment, uh, just because of this dynamic which we've, we've we've talked about. What are your thoughts, Michael? Yeah, I, I think you you said it really well. So I was just going to break it down. Um, wh where's energy prices going? Well, it's a factor of what's your horizon. So I can not tell you, I mean, we looked at the chart earlier, I said it looked at a very vulnerable place that we might go lower in the short term. It probably looked like we would probably go lower in the short term for, I don't know for what technical reason, but um, but if you take a long-term view and just look at the actual, like you just described it, just take it very simple. Uh, we are moving, the, the world is committed to moving to renewable energy. So that's a fact, and we've got like a protocol and a time horizon to, to do that. To achieve the goals that they have set is very, very tough. And it's it's gonna put a it's gonna be very expensive to do it. So the chances are energy prices, if not going up higher because of uh, an economy that is got less demand, they're gonna remain elevated, as you just said. So I, I think, um, I think, yeah, energy prices long term are going to stay high, and how you translate that into your trade, I'm not 100 percent sure. I, I, the way I would do it personally is, I, I think it's going to impact on profitability. So um, there are obviously going to be some players who are going to benefit from all this green uh, renewable energy. So obviously, if you can play. Um, invest with them, you know, be it, I don't know, I'm just thinking off the top of my head, you can play solo. So, uh, there are lots of different th things you can look at that could be a beneficiary of this. But yeah, I, th I think it's just going to be too expensive to, to manufacture the energy in a green way. So um, yeah, tough. Everything's bleak at the moment. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's it. So I guess, look, um, for the uh, uh, gold and precious metal investors out there, one sort of, I guess, silver lining to all this is that, uh, you know, uh, if you, you can't see your, your Bitcoin, your crypto, uh, but you can see your precious metals. And I think that they are certainly seeming to uh, uh, be, be moving in the right direction at the moment. And uh, with the additional um, fact that it looks like the US uh, yields might be peaking, we might have seen peak inflation, the dollar started to come off. That's adding a bit of a tailwind to the precious metals. And and longer term, you know, just with the amount of debt, you know, debt to GDP around the world are all at records. With uh, we, we sort of, the, the central banks keep kicking these cans down the road. 
I think eventually, you know, they're going to have to go back to their old ways of, uh, you know, printing money, whether that's in a year or five years or yep. whatever. But, uh, you know, the long-term outlook for precious metals looks pretty good. I think they've, they've looked probably the best they've looked in uh, in months now. So uh, I'm with you on so, that one, Tim. To, so we can end off on a positive note there. I'm, <laughs> that's right. I, I, I'm with you. That's one store of real value, I think. And, um, yeah, in these months, I'd be long. Yeah, and and look, I always say to people, look, it, and if uh, you know, if it gold, or if you've got some gold and it doesn't do anything, well, you can certainly uh, make a chain and wear it around your neck, or uh, you know, do something pretty with it. I certainly know my lo wife likes to wear it. So uh, anyway, yeah. <laughs> well, You're that's good. You. Great, You're Michael. Well, look, yes, well, that's it, and uh, happy Thanksgiving again to our, our US viewers. Uh, certainly, I'm jealous about the. Uh, what you guys will be eating. <laughs> uh, we, yeah, but uh, no, thanks to everyone. Um, so you've got Michael uh, Berman from FXT, myself, Tim Muirhead from, uh, from Arbonine Capital. This has been another week. Thanks very much. Please uh, leave your questions in the comment section below or, or tell us what we're doing well or not. Uh, we, we certainly enjoy seeing the viewer feedback and we'll see you next week for another show. Thanks very much. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. Thanks, thanks, guys. Cheers. Thanks, Tim.